Welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where we talk to thought leaders, creatives, authors, and entrepreneurs about how sometimes the best thing to happen to you is the most unexpected. Welcome your host, Antonio Neves. Welcome to the Best Thing Podcast, where we talk about the best thing to ever happen to people that doesn't include the traditional markers of success. That's because sometimes the things that have a major influence on someone's life will never show up on a resume, come up in a conversation, or show up on the internet. I'm your host, Antonio Neves, and each week I bring on a new guest who has a powerful story to tell that will motivate, inspire, and help you see life through a new lens. This week's guest is someone I met a few years back on the speaker circuit, and since then, he has played a powerful role in my life on multiple fronts. Mitch Matthews is a keynote speaker, a success coach, and a best-selling author. His podcast called Dream, Thank, Do was rated number one by the Huffington Post in their career category. Over the years, Mitch has worked with leaders and teams from organizations like NASA, Disney, and Nike, just to name a few. Plus, Mitch speaks on college campuses across the United States. Mitch has created three different businesses, including an elite life coach training and certification program that has been utilized by thousands of coaches around the world. Now, all that's cool, but most importantly, Mitch lives in Des Moines, Iowa with his wife, Melissa, and they are very proud of their two sons, one who happens to live in Iowa and the other where I reside in Southern California in Los Angeles. Mitch Matthews, welcome to the best thing. Are you kidding me? This is so awesome. I could sit and listen to your voice forever, brother. My goodness. You're made for this. I appreciate that. I think it's critical for listeners to know that when I say Mitch has played a, a powerful role in my life on multiple fronts, one, me just being a student in the audience at one of his talks, that that's a powerful role in itself. That transition to a friendship, a relationship building over the years where Mitch has been my personal mm-hmm. coach. I've had the opportunity to work with him one-on-one that has you know, had a profound effect, not just from a business perspective, but really on a, on a personal front as well. And this is the kicker right here. You talk about powerful. The day I said I do to my wife, Mitch Matthews was the man that married us. So, so, so thank you, Mitch. I did that because I didn't have the best seat in the house. Are you kidding me? Oh, you could rhyme the best seat in the house. <laughs> and I did. I had the best seat in the house. Oh my goodness. All of that's such an honor though. It's crazy to think about. Like I interviewed you for my podcast and I'm like, like, man, this guy's special. And then we wound up being in an event together. What, two months later, you know, walk back from one of the activities together, wind up having one of those life changing, uh, you know, conversations, I think, for both of us for crying out loud and been brothers ever since. It's just it's cr- it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a true blessing. Our listeners will appreciate after we got married, my wife and I were so excited to go to our honeymoon in Hawaii and we're in our hotel room just hanging out. And we decided let's let's watch the video of the recording because. <laughs> We put a, a GoPro right up front on the microphone so we could see us and our audience. And when we hit play, it's going to be beautiful. We can't wait to see the ceremony like that. The bird's eye view. We hit play on this GoPro. And all we can see is Mitch's goatee and nose because we, someone had turned the mic, I mean, the camera the wrong way. <laughs> it was a surprise, to say the least. So hilarious. I'm so glad I trimmed my nose hairs that morning. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man! All right, so let's let's get into it. Uh, yeah, how do we come back from that? For crying out loud! I think that's my first podcast with a nose hair. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, I had to do it to you, man. But we'll we'll, we'll find, we'll find a way to transition. And for me, that this yes, exactly, this is fun. But the question, Mitch, is that I'm asking all the guests that are coming on this this show is. What is one of the best things that has happened to you that isn't one of those traditional, you know, societal markers of success? People, when we talk about the best thing, of course, they talk about, oh, college was the best years of my life or um, getting married, oh, getting married, having kids, buying a home, all these things that are powerful, that are quote unquote best things. But sometimes I've found that the most powerful experiences, again, don't come up in conversations, aren't on your bio, on your website, or right. don't come up. So right. I'm curious for you, what's one of those best things? Oh, I love this question. And, and you know, you've met my wife. So best decisions, you know, deal with my faith and deal with my, you know, uh, asking my wife to marry me, all of those things. But, you know, as I as I pondered this question, um, I, you know, I really thought about it. I love I love what you're doing with the podcast because I think this is so important because it's sometimes those subtle decisions or those things that, you know, you don't know how they're going to play out, but they wind up being so important. So I think this is such a great subject to explore. And as I was, as I was really kind of thinking back through what I could talk about, you know, one of the things that came to mind for me was a decision I made years ago uh, when my wife and I were living in Montana. So I grew grew up in Iowa. My wife grew up in Iowa. Um, I spent a little time in England too. But when we graduated from college, we both decided we wanted to go try to live in Montana because we lived in the flatlands. We both thought, gosh, we should go live in the mountains, just see what that's like. I love the mountains. My wife loved the mountains. Kind of thought if we don't do it now, we'll never do it. You know, all those kinds of things. And we moved out there and started to create a life for ourselves. And uh, while we were out there, a few years into living there, I got invited to climb Granite Peak, which is the the tallest mountain in Montana. It's not the tallest mountain in, in the United States. Actually, it's just under 13,000 feet. So it's like there's much bigger mountains in in Colorado, but it's it's a challenging climb. And what's interesting is I love mountaineering, but I'm not a huge fan of heights, mm. which kind of sounds dorky. But um, like I, you know, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I'd love to do that. And I I knew the guide that was going to be leading out on this trip, and um, you know, he he'd been up there a number of times and. He was our guide, but he was also a friend and all this kind of stuff. He was just willing to, to take us up there. So, you know, I said yes, and it wasn't really convenient um, timing, but I kind of thought, you know, this this would be good because I had issues with heights. Um, I'm a recovering worrier, uh, so I deal with worry a little bit, all those kinds of things. I thought, you know what, this this would be a good life experience to walk out. And I, I wound up learning a number of life lessons from the trip, um, and, and some were from from summiting, but then some were from what happened after we summited. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's what I want to dive into. Let's let's dive into that. I mean, even before we dive into that story, you said something that that just jumped out, and I'm curious if if you could touch on it a bit. You said it wasn't convenient timing. No, can you, far from it. But can you just expand a little bit just in life? Because sometimes when powerful things happen to us, or sometimes painful things, we we view it under the lens of it's not being convenient but sometimes necessary. Is that fair to say? For sure. So there was a number of things. So one, um, basically it fell uh, within uh, the summer months and um, I knew that was probably, so the Granite Peak is a two day hike just to get to the mountain itself. Then if you're lucky, you can summit in one day, but it's, it's basically about five days of hiking 
is your minimum commitment, but it can go up to seven or eight days depending on if the weather cooperates or not. So, you know, part of the inconvenience was I was going to take a big chunk of my time, you know, and, and I was working for a corporation at the time, only had a few weeks of vacation, all that kind of thing. Um, and when I made the commitment initially, it meant that I was probably committing seven days potentially of my vacation time to a vacation where my wife wouldn't go or wasn't going to be with me. Right. And so like, that's, you know, I like my wife. I like hanging out with her. Like she's fun. And uh, so it's that whole thing of like, do I really want to give this away uh, where, you know, we can't have that time together. And it was, it was a decision we made together, but I knew for me, like that was one of those things that I felt like if I said no to it, I was saying no to a lot more than just a simple trip. Mm. Uh, but then what also got got more inconvenient is that um, over the course of time, my wife w- was pregnant. Um, it was actually on the backside. There's so many stories to this, but it was on the backside of my wife having a cancer diagnosis and, and coming out the other side of that. We weren't supposed to be able to get pregnant. We got pregnant, which is amazing. Pregnancy was challenging. So my wife was on bed rest and... All of that happened after, you know, I had made the commitment to be on this hike. So I, I basically went to my wife and said, I'm not, I'm not going on Granite Peak anymore. I'm going to, um, I'm going to bow out, you know, and here she is on bed rest. So it was easy for me to say that, you know, part of it was chivalrous, right. And being serving loving husband. And part of me was kind of like, I don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about like hanging my butt off the side of a big old mountain. I'm like, I don't know that I want to do this. Um, and she's, she looked at me and she's like, we will find support for me. She's like, if you don't do this, you will regret this forever. Wow. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not putting up with you regretting something like this. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. What, so, what, what, a, what a gift. So I understand the convenience aspect of that and your willingness still to commit to that. And what a gift for your wife to, um, to, you know, I guess the word that comes up is, is, is support, but also endorse that that's powerful. So, okay. Sure. So, so you embark on this journey. So we embark on the journey, which took, uh, you know, months of training, kind of getting in shape, getting the equipment, all those things. So I'd done, I'd done some rock face climbing in training workshops in rock climbing gyms, all that stuff. But it really took, you know, kind of taking things to the next level. There was going to be some ice climbing, all that kind of stuff. So some training, all that, but we basically set out, uh, you know, on our two day hike, uh, to get to Granite Peak and it rains pretty much the whole time. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful country. It's amazing. Breathtaking, literally mountains and streams, crystal clear water, you know, mountain flowers that only grow in this part of the world. So like you see them at certain times and we were seeing them. It was absolutely gorgeous, breathtaking, total God's country. And I missed all of it because I was worried. Mm. <laughs> right. Like I hiked it, but I, I you know, was worried that, uh, you know, about the various ways that I could die while I was cry- climbing Granite Peak. Right. So uh, and just and just I have to, I have to push pause because yeah. I, as you're explaining this, I, I don't think I'm fully appreciating probably how aggressive this is. You said you had to do months of training. So this isn't just some random hill. This is at times, I'm guessing, dicey, loose rocks. You could slip, et cetera. Uh, very much so. Just even getting there. So like we've got full packs going and you wind up, you know, we were only going to be hiking for about four or five days, but you've got all the food that you need. Uh, plus there's then climbing gear. So we got ropes and crampons and axes and all that kind of stuff. Plus your tent, plus all those things. So, yeah, and then you're hiking. And so part of it is on an established trail, but then to get to Granite Peak, you actually have to then go off trail. So then you're going across these boulder fields and I did get hurt actually on my way back, but it was, it was just navigating a boulder field with a big old 
backpack on my back that that was the problem um so yeah it it was definitely it's definitely more intense mountaineering there it's not it's not everest by any means but you know this would be this would be a first lap on an everest prep kind of thing but uh for me it was a big trip gotcha okay yeah so yeah so basically the morning so we get up there we get to base camp and we wind up having the most beautiful weather the day that we decide to summit so we open the tent flaps at 4 a.m because you got to get going uh because there's a an ice part of the an ice element to the climb and you have to get up it and down it by a certain time before things start to melt so we started out at 4 a.m crystal clear skies absolutely beautiful as we're making our way up the rock face, um, it actually like clouds start to roll in. It starts to snow, which was beautiful, but like adds to my list of the ways that I could die while climbing Granite Peak, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And when we get to the top, um, it, there's this fog that's rolled in now. And um, so we're hiking this ridge and there's like a 2000 foot drop off of one side. There's about a 3000 foot drop off the other side. And we're hiking the final part of this. Right. And our guide is like, don't worry guys, even though it's dense, dense fog, we can't miss the top. We can't miss the summit because there's this tabletop rock that marks the actual summit. And we're like, cool, you know, great. And he's like, uh, you know, everybody can get a picture on it, all this kind of stuff. And uh, we march towards it. And finally find it in this dense fog. And um, sure enough, you know, the other guys that are I'm with, two other guys that I'm with, um, you know, they get their their picture taken like full Rocky Balboa pose, arms triumphantly on the in, in the air, you know, standing boldly on this rock. My my picture is embarrassing. It's hilarious. It's like one arm, you know, proudly in the air. The other is like clutching tabletop rock and I'm actually sitting on tabletop rock with my like feet wrapped around it and this like monkey grab thing. It's hilarious, but I made great. it right. Like we, we did it. Um, and then what was crazy was, was just as I kind of um, released my, my white knuckled grip from tabletop rock and I took a step away from it. We heard this sound that was crazy, and that was uh, it was like this like handful of firecrackers got thrown at our feet, and then our guide yells one word. I'll never forget exactly how he yelled it, but the word was lightning. And as it turns out, we were not in fog, but we were actually in the clouds of an electrical storm. Whoa! Which is just nuts. And at that height, and when you're on a granite rock, it doesn't look like the the lightning emerges from the clouds and comes down. It actually looks like the lightning originates on the rock and shoots up. And we're we're of course carrying all sorts of mountaineering gear. So I've got a metal pickaxe in my backpack. I've got metal pro on my climbing harness. I got you know crampons in my bag. You know all this kind of stuff. So we are like and and everybody that's with me, the three other guys all have the same thing so we're like four lightning rods on the top of this mountain and lightning's flashing around us literally one of the guys that's with us his hair um gets caught on fire because lightning had gotten that close he's like slapping the back of his neck it's crazy um and and we're able to get to this rock outcropping and and our you know guide kind of guides us in and and has us throw our gear like twenty feet away from us and we're watching these lightning flashes around us and all that stuff and uh, you know I'd love to say the epiphany hit me first epiphany hit me there but I was too busy praying you know deal making prayers like Lord get me off <laughs> get me off this rock I'll never do something stupid like this again you know all those kinds of things right but 
later on we get down and I, I realize like the epiphany struck me, you know, one of the big life lessons I was supposed to learn was, you know, here I was telling myself, I'll really enjoy this. I'll really be in the moment. I'll really take all of this in. I'll soak this up once, once I get it done, right? Like once I can check that off my list, once I get this event behind me, you know, all of that, which I realized was kind of a mirror of exactly how I'd been living. You know, this was a microcosm of how I'd been living, which I was basically missing life, you know, because mm-hmm. I kept telling myself I would get worried about something, but tell myself, well, I'll really enjoy life once that event's done or I'll really let down and just be in the moment once this thing's off my to-do list, that kind of stuff. But then I realized just like, you know, with Granite Peak, it's like once, well, you know, once that happens, once I got that thing done, then lightning would strike and it'd be on to the next thing, you know, and I realized as I'm sitting there, you know, and as my wife is at home, we're expecting our first son. She's just emerged from, you know, a cancer experience, all those things. I'm like, I am missing my life, you know, and I've got to do this better. I, I can't just be running from event to event or to-do list item to to-do list item. I've got, I got to do it better, you know, and, and, and I don't want to miss life anymore. So I really came down from that or committed at that time to then say, I'm going to do this different. I know there's more to the story to tell. And even as I hear you say, I am missing life. Of course, people know you today as a speaker, as as an author, as a podcaster, as a coach. And as you mentioned before, you were working for a corporation back then. So I know in another podcast, we'll probably talk about the shifts (laughs) that you made to not to no longer miss life. Uh, I also something that jumped out to me and this will tangent us the wrong direction. So we're not going to go down there, but I just have to acknowledge it is right now. Someone Mitch is is going through a challenging time. Who's listening to this and they're in the fog. Right. And what I'm hearing though, is the distinction that you just beautifully articulated. Like, yes, folks, it may be higher, but there is a difference between the fog and a cloud being in a cloud of a lightning storm. <laughs> it's they very, look very They look very similar. Let's be clear. They look yeah. similar, but they are two different things. Are you in the fog right now right. or are you in a lightning storm? Most of us, I think, are hopefully in fogs, not lightning stormers. But I just had to acknowledge that that distinction there briefly. Well, it's true. And I think, you know, the fog, it was interesting because the fog, you know, fog slash clouds were a blessing. I mean, at first it was a little ominous, uh, but they were a blessing at the time because, you know, they, they blinded us to the fact we were walking on this ridge where, you know, a few feet either direction and we would fall to our peril, you know, so I was like, ah, it's kind of nice. But the the key, especially if you are experiencing the cloud or maybe an electrical storm was, you know, our guide, it was great because he was able to say, listen, we're in a cloud right now, but I know where we're going. Right. So we can stay we can stay true to our goal because I know where we're going. And once we hit it, mm. we'll know it. Right. And I think that that's, you know, that's also been a you know real guiding metaphor in my life. It's it's a little bit of that whole thing of being clear on what is it I'm going for? You know, and and at the same time, it's it's sometimes like you can't have necessarily clarity on your destination, but sometimes it's about having clarity on how you're going to get there. I heard this great quote and and I was reminded of it recently is so powerful. And we were talking about values, right? Because sometimes it's it's it is about your goal, like what you're you're shooting for, what you're wanting to achieve. But a lot of times it's more so how are you going to get there? And it's the quote from Roy Disney, who basically said that decisions are easy if your if your values are clear. Mm. And it's that whole thing of being able to say sometimes you know you're headed to tabletop rock, right? Uh, and that's what helps you move through the cloud, move through the fog. Uh, but sometimes it's more so. Just saying, hey, I am a person who commits 
and gets it done, right? Like that's a value. And, you know, it's, it, if I was to name my childhood, it's probably, I felt the fear and did it anyway. Uh, you know, cause I grew up a scared kid. I had a lot of, uh, health issues, all that kind of stuff. And for some reason, I think it was, it was God, just God's hand on me and blessing, but I would be afraid of things, but still just kind of do weird stuff. And so, um, so I think in some ways it's kind of that being either clear on your destination, like what do you want to achieve or being clear and getting clarity on your values to be able to say, how do I want to get there? And probably at the both end. The values, and I'm sure. And I'm also hearing on top of that, even with the values, just having that underlying faith right. as well. As, as you talked about, hey, we're, we can't see the fog, but if we stay the course, we're going to get there and, and having the faith to, to d- believe in that and, and continue moving moving forward. So yes. to get back to the story, I, I tangent. That's all right. No, it's all right. Some, Good. It's your podcast. We can go wherever you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever what do I want to do. Thank yeah. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, but so you you had a place where you were there, and you basically had this 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 moment. I don't want to call it an aha moment, but a lightning moment of I am missing. Yeah. My life. I don't know if that happened when you're up top or when you made your way down. But so what happened from this? You almost right. get hit by lightning, and okay, it's all rain. It's all rainbows from here, I guess. Right. Absolutely. And I thought, like, okay, that's the big big lesson. There's the epiphany, right? Um, which it was, but there was there was more to be learned on this particular trip. And this is the part that I don't really talk about much. I, I've told the story of almost getting struck by lightning a few times, but I've I've not told this part of the story very much. But it was it was also wildly important um, and and has an impact even on on today. So literally today, which we can talk about, but um, we got down. Obviously, we survived. <laughs> Just to clarify, all of us survived, <laughs> uh, which was a huge blessing, right? And and the the rest of the day was pretty quiet because we were all just kind of trying to take in what happened. But at the same time, you'd you'd have these you know moments where you just feel this euphoria that not only had we like hit our goal, which is a big deal, but but we also had survived. You know, that was a big deal. Um, yeah, but we were all just kind of processing in our own way. And while we were sitting at camp, getting ready to eat. You know, here we hiked in for two days, but our guide, all of a sudden, our guide noticed a dog came up over a ridge and then he recognized the dog as the dog of uh, one of his very good friends. And then all of a sudden he saw his friend come up over that ridge and and start moving towards us. And he just assumed that this guy came up to celebrate. He knew which day we were going to try to summit. And this guy was an extreme, an ultra marathoner. So he's one of these guys that runs 50 mile marathons through the mountains for fun, you know? So like this kind of trip was nothing for him. And so our guide was just kind of excited and, and, uh, you know, anticipating getting to celebrate with his buddy. And, and the first, the dog came, which was just like total Hallmark movie moment. You know, it's this beautiful golden retriever. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is great. You know, and it added to the fun and all of this, but very quickly when our guide's friend arrived, it was, it was obvious he was not bringing good news. And we had been gone for a couple of days. This is our third day out. And basically, this friend had come to deliver the news, this horrific news that our guide's son had been hit in a car accident and had passed away while we were gone. Wow. And as you can imagine, like, you know, here we are at the end of a day where all of our nerves are frazzled and we're exhausted, but we all were like, what do we need to do? You know, it's even starting to get dark and all of us are like, you know, do we just need to pack up the tents and we'll just hike out, like whatever it would take to get him home. And he's like, we're all too exhausted for that. He's like, let's just all bed down and then we'll leave as early as we can in the morning. And, um, you know, we just had to kind of navigate that night. You know, I, I knew the guide, I appreciated him. I didn't, I didn't know him 
really well. And, um, you know, but I, I, it was just all of us became family that night, as you can imagine, and trying to console, you know, someone of losing their son, you know, and, and also all those emotions, you know, came in of, you know, here we were dancing around on the top of a mountain, you know, um, just doing something that probably would seem frivolous, you know, or superficial. And his son was going to the grocery store and got hit by a drunk driver. You know, it's like, how crazy is that? And, and here we were doing something pretty dangerous, right? And his son was doing something monotonous and that's where he passed away. And so I, I can remember, you know, coming off of just the wildest, you can imagine the emotional ride of this trip. And I remember being in a tent and, and, you know, it's, it, a level of detail I probably don't have to go into, but we there were just four of us originally, and so we brought two two man tents because we were trying to pack as light as possible. And you know, two man tents are really designed for one, maybe one and a quarter <laughs> human right. being, right? So, but we'd done that because we wanted to pack as light as possible. So um, his friend stayed with us, but I said, "You guys, you know, you guys can be in a tent." So there was three of us in a two man tent, if you can imagine, and it was cold. And so you know, it's just a weird, weird experience altogether and, and all that. But I can remember trying to sleep and, and not having much luck and just thinking, you know, what am I supposed to learn from all of these life lessons? It was like a decade of life lessons. And it was one of those things where I realized, you know, I, I was missing life and I was running from to-do list item to to-do list item or event to event or worry, you know, thing that I could worry about, the thing I could worry about. And I realized like, I'm going to try to not do that anymore. I'm going to really try to be present but also to realize the preciousness of life. And I mean, it might seem trite, but it's that whole thing of like, you know, we don't know. Like I woke up, you know, as we record this, it's Thursday, right? And and you assume you're going to make it to the end of a Thursday because it's Thursday, right? But you don't know, right? Like you just don't know. And so, you know, I started to realize like the preciousness, you just how precious every moment is. And it's so easy to forget that, you know, I was in a job that, it was okay. It wasn't my dream job. It was far from it. Right. And it was kind of like, it was easy to kind of be grumpy about elements in my life. And I was like, wait, how lucky am I? You know, how blessed am I for crying out loud? I'm married to my best friend. She's pregnant with our first son. Like, you know, how can I be grumpy about this? Right. Like, and, and I don't know, it's pretty easy to find things to be grumpy about it. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, you know, it should be less easy to be grumpy for crying out loud because um, it's amazing what we have. And so, as you can imagine, we walked out, we did that two-day hike in about 13 hours. Um, hiking down is easier than hiking up, I will admit, but we did that hike in one day. Full packs got him out. He, his wife was waiting for us, and uh, it was actually his fiance at the time. You know, to, She was there to console him and, and um, all, all those things you can only imagine. And it was just one of those things where I, I walked away from that trip where I thought it was going to be you know, an amazing opportunity to climb a mountain. You know, and it was truly something that, you know, and, and again, it was a, an inconvenient time. Um, it seemed a little frivolous to do, maybe even selfish, but it's something that truly changed the trajectory of my life. And and not so much in the way that I was like, or my career immediately, but just more so how I looked at life and how I could appreciate every moment all the more. Uh, man, first, I'm, I'm humbled and so appreciative that you would share that with the audience, with, with me and, and with the listeners. I yeah. forgot about the listeners for the second because I'm just I'm not, oh yeah right oh them hi guys <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> I'm just here captivated by this yeah. um and but as you told the story one thing I thought about as a, as a father of two myself and you weren't a father then but obviously you are of two that 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 moment Mitch when he had the wherewithal 
in the midst of hearing the worst news a, a parent could ever hear to say, I'm sure when all the adrenaline and things would want you to go down that mountain when he says, no, we're too exhausted. Yeah. We're going to need to stay. I can't imagine for him how challenging those, whatever, those, whether it's five hours or four hours, how challenging that was for him to make such a, a grown man decision. Like, right. I'm not going to put you at risk, even though I yeah, I just experienced a painful situation, uh, beyond painful. Truly. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny. I didn't even think about the connection, but it truly, it goes back to that whole thing of he had a set of values mm. and, and he lived by them. Right. And one of his values was he took us up. He's going to get us home safe, you know, to the best of his ability, all those kinds of things. But he also knew like our limits, his limits, all those things. He's, he is a fantastic, he is an incredible man. And, and I will say, I'm not going to say his name, but um, I will say that like we lost contact actually after that trip. We, we weren't, he, you know, of course we came home and and he was then, his son lived in a different city and, and he was older and, and all those things. But so we lost contact and then I wound up uh, moving about six months later. And so years later, I actually took my boys back when they were little. Uh, my wife uh, came with us obviously. And um I hunted him down. Like I went and went, we went back out to Montana for a family trip. But part of the trip was to find this guide and we were able to reconnect and, and we, you know, I'll never forget embracing. We were at, at a, a store that he worked at and, uh, you know, camping, hiking store. And he came out and we just got to embrace like long lost brothers. It was just amazing. And we actually both cried. Like I didn't know what the emotion was going to be. And it had been years since you know, it had all happened. So he had time to process. I had time to process, but you know, I just, we were able to sit at this like table uh, away from everybody and just talk. And I said, how are you? And he's like, that was the, that was the most horrific time of my life. As you can imagine. I said, absolutely. And he said, but I've been able to get peace since and realize the preciousness of the gift of the relationship that I had with my son. And, you know, he's like, all I want is more days with him. But you know, if I can't value the time that I had with him, you know, then, then, um, you know, devaluing everything and, you know, the gift of my relationship with my son. And so we were able to just have this amazing conversation around how he'd gotten some peace from it and, and all of those things. And, and neither of us could really understand how can you ever understand how, you know, a, a young life gets snuffed out in such a, a, a crazy way. You know, it's like you can't understand this, that, that this side of heaven, I don't think, you know, um, but it, it was just absolutely amazing. And it, and it really is something that it, I've taken and, and said, you know, today, I, I just literally my son is our younger son. You mentioned lives in L.A. and he's flying back today and his flight got delayed. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I haven't seen him in months and uh, in a couple of months. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him. At first, I was ticked to find out that flight delay. Right. Like, oh, come on. You know, might mean he's going to be home three or four hours later than we planned. And, it, and then, you know, just in even thinking about the story again, it's like, but what is that? You know, three or four hours, it's an inconvenience. It's a bummer, but it's nothing, right? Like it's nothing in the grand scheme of things. So it's amazing how many times this story, either the front end or the back end of it have helped me to kind of keep things a little bit more in check and keep perspective. Sure. And I can even, obviously you're, you're an amazing person uh, prior to this story, but of course I'm sure it had a profound effect on you and your life. And I can see how you show up. If anyone knows you, mm. they know how much your boys mean to you yeah. and how much, how proudly you speak of them when they're not around. They probably have no idea. They, they probably do know how mm. much dad loves them, obviously, but yeah. how strongly you speak of them and how much you care about them. And I'm sure that experience uh, had a, played a role in that. J just briefly, mm. what I'd like to just chat, think about the listener right now, because you, you mentioned a couple of things that I'm sure someone listening to this may be thinking about that they heard Mitch say in that moment, you realized, oh, there's more 
to be learned. Yeah. And you also phrased the question, if I'm quoting you correctly, you know, people are asking themselves that, that question a lot. What am I supposed to learn? Yeah. There's someone right now in, in a situation, maybe that monotonous job that you describe or situation. What am I supposed to learn in this job, in this monotonous day to day, blah, blah, blah. I'm grumpy about X, <sighs> Y, and Z. Yeah. But what I'm taking away from your story, Mitch, is what what you had to learn you would not have been unable to learn in a convenient situation. At the top, yeah. you said, "I sometimes yeah, this was quote unquote inconvenient." Right. And that man, that woman that's listening to this, that may be asking themselves, "How can I have that aha moment, that profound uh, situation that shifts things for me?" I, I'm I'm asking them a little bit. Have you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation where you are going to have to stretch a little bit, where you are going to have to grow, where you're going to have to show up differently? I'm not suggesting you need to find your way to a, a lightning storm and, mm-hmm. and a cloud. However, there are some things, and I'm sure maybe you can speak on this a little bit, that folks can do to put themselves in a situation where they can identify what they're supposed to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to avoid lightning just as a sidebar. <laughs> if you can, there's better ways to learn things. I can tell you it's so true, but I love, yeah, to, to be able to ask that question a little bit of like, what, what could I learn from today? You know, and and to to kind of be open to what that might be. Uh, but I also think, you know, one of the things I'm learning a lot about right now um, that's kind of interesting is that, and I look back, and and one of the elements of setting myself up for this is something that's been reoccurring lately, and it's an awareness in the importance of allowing yourself to be a beginner once in a while, mm-hmm. to be a novice. Once in a while, uh, because that's really kind of what I had to do, right? Like to to do the Granite Peak climb, the route that we were going to go meant that I had to learn some new things, which I can tell you, there are like voices in my head that said, you should already know this, or you shouldn't be afraid as you do this, right? Or you might get embarrassed as you do this, or in, you know, in, in an extreme case, you could die doing this, right? Like I had to learn how to do some ice climbing. I had to learn how to do some some actually better climbing in a group, uh, you know, those kinds of things. I had to learn some of those things. And now there was a part of me that's like, you know, I'd had success in other areas. By that time, you know, I had some success in the pharmaceutical world. That's what the the industry I was in. I was a black belt in a martial art, you know, those kinds of things. And I kind of, it would have been easy to kind of go, yeah, no, I don't start over now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that door is, that season's passed. Now I just kind of do the stuff that I'm really good at. But I had to become an, a novice or allow myself to become a novice. And, and that's a really important important thing to do once in a while. And I'm experiencing that again. I think you and I have talked about this a little bit, uh, you know, as a sidebar, but I just started taking yoga, which is not something, not a phrase I ever thought I'd say. Uh, but, I, you know, I know there are a lot of people, your wife being one of them that have their lives have been changed by yoga. I just was never interested in it. It just didn't appeal to me. I, you know, could see the merits of it, but I'm like, yeah, no pass. But, but I recently had a coaching client who's an incredible entrepreneur and uh, has a yoga studio and is doing some incredible things in that world. And um, while I was coaching him, he's like, you know what? You should stop by the studio. And I'm like, you know what? No. Uh, but I realized like that was important. And I, 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 you know, I'm turning 50 next year. So I want to get in the best shape of my life basically is kind of my goal. And and I realized like, maybe I should do it differently than I've been doing it, you know? And so I, I've been trying it out and over the last couple of months, I've been doing yoga and, and it has been incredible. I've realized how I am not naturally gifted at the yogas. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not super limber. Uh, I don't know any, you know, I didn't know any of the poses, all those kinds of things, but I've realized, gosh, it's so important to try something new, to learn something new once in a while. 
And and so I think that's one of the things when I look back to that experience with Granite Peak and also, you know, look at some of the most, uh, you know, uh, probably the, the times that set me up for some of the biggest epiphanies, breakthroughs, next level thinking, next level achievement is I had to give myself that permission to learn something new, which sounds almost trite, but it's probably trite because it's so true. So I think that could be one of those places where somebody could kind of get a foothold to say, all right, where's something that maybe it's something I'm curious about, something I'm interested in, but I'd almost have to start like I'd have to have to try something new in order to get there and and to, to allow yourself to do it. Because, by the way, I did not quit pharmaceuticals and become a, a guide like I really enjoyed the mountaineering experience. And I've, I've done a lot of climbing since and, and hiking, but like that didn't become my career. And so that's a really important thing to remember is that some of these things that we try and learn we don't have to make money from. They just might be passions. They might be something to just better our lives. So give yourself that chance to learn something new, try something different, and and don't force it to become something you actually have to turn into a career or make money from. That's a, a great reminder, especially in this day and age of social media, where apparently you'd have 15 different side hustles. <laughs> uh, but no, I really appreciate that reminder of being a beginner, yeah. uh, to be a novice. Uh, and also, I just have to just quickly address, Mitch, like how you just casually and yeah, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry and I'm also a black belt. I, I, I've known you for how long? And I've, I had no idea you uh, were a black belt in a martial art. That's like me having a cup of coffee with you and say, yeah, when I used to fly fighter jets. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, and I think the emphasis is was a black belt. I've, I've definitely, I, I can't kick you in the head anymore. Uh, but it was, it was a great, that was a great experience too. But um yeah. So it, it it really, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those that, that it is, it's important to learn some new stuff. It is. And, and for me, I've learned a lot over the course of, of this call and I'm sure the listen this, this, this podcast, and, and I'm sure the listeners have as well. Again, sometimes we have to remind ourselves that the best thing isn't always a thing that immediately brings a, a big smile or joy to our faces. The thing that teaches us what we most need to learn if we're willing to, I appreciate you, Mitch, for being willing to share such a per, uh, a personal and powerful story with with, with me and, and with the listeners. And I can't wait to have you back on again. And again, uh, I appreciate you for, for all that you do, not just for me, but for all the communities that you're involved in and how much you bring to others to help them become that beginner, to help them become that novice and to remind them that even though there may be some fog right now, you will get there. Thanks for being that for me, man. Absolutely. And thanks for asking such an important question, man. This podcast is needed. You're the right person to be doing it. And it's an honor to get to be a part of it. All right, Mitch. Well, Mitch, just briefly, if folks want to find you, learn more about your awesomeness, see your handsome face, where do they go? Uh, MitchMatthews.com. We spent our whole ad budget coming up with that name. Uh, no, it's just MitchMatthews.com. And that'll help you to find out all the different stuff that we're doing. You can check out the podcast at Dream Think Do. Uh, but yeah, MitchMatthews.com kind of is the hub. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much. Tell your wife hello. And thanks for doing this, Mitch. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to The Best Thing Podcast with Antonio Neves. Join us next week for more stories that'll help you see the world through a new lens. For more resources, go to theantonioneves.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you share with a friend and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 